the most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. Thirteen ten KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning. It is 1007 and 13 as we make our way to it. Ah! Mark, you did it to me again. 775-5559. That is the number to join us. You can call or text that same number. Email us live at KNOXradio.com. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Good morning. Say, I just wanted to point out that your outhouse education is a little bit uh, deprived you said you dug a hole and you constructed a new outhouse on top of it. That is totally bogus, my boy. Okay. How about Roman numerals? Uh, no. Well, let me the outhouse. You, you dug a hole and you took the old outhouse and you slid all over the new hole and you took the dirt you dug out and you cover up the uh, bit that you just, uh, you know, freed up. Right, but my point is, if I walked into an elementary school and asked kids from grades zero to six or one to six, probably none of them would have any recollection or idea of how to do that, and they don't need to. Oh, right. Yeah, I totally agree with this. I just, I just found it amusing that the, you know you you're going to construct a new outhouse every time you dug a pit. Yeah. Oh well, thank you for the correction on outhouses. Yeah, I and I appreciate it. But again, that you actually kind of exemplify my point. I don't even know how to build an outhouse because I've not needed to. I walk into the bathroom, I use the aquatic waste disposer, I press the little lever, it goes down the thing, and it's it's gone. Um, so, I, but I appreciate the call. Seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. The number to join us. You can call or text that same number. Email us live at kwxradio.com. From Politico, Dallas, who's thirty one and a truck driver for a living, long a time ago decided that he didn't want any biological children, period. He doesn't feel that it's right to bring into a child into this world out of fears of Armageddon and climate and all of these sorts of things. So he says in the single event last year, it prompted him to make a decision so he couldn't have biological decision. That was the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. 25 minutes after the Dobbs ruling in June, Missouri banned all abortions except in cases of medical emergencies. And that, Dolan said, made the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy much worse. I want you to let that sink in for a second. The fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned made the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy much worse. What Lesser consequence of an unplanned pregnancy is he referring to when he says that the consequences are much worse. Why wouldn't you be thinking about how to navigate avoiding an abortion prior to the overturning of Roe v. Wade? What that tells you is even in cases where there nothing in this article references incest or rape and yet. A bunch of people are now making a different decision because abortion is off the table. Now, Paul, in an interesting bit of timing, Paul Knight walked into the studio 
on a on a, on a on a completely different matter, so that I don't throw you out under the bus. If, yeah, you. Yeah, we we can handle this. The bus is moving fast, though. Yes. <laughs> so uh, he came came in here for a completely unrelated thing, and this was already on my show topic. So I said, "Do you want to jump on?" And he said, "Well, I'm not really prepared to jump on. So I'm not really prepared to take you, but we're going to do it anyway." Okay. So so here's here's and I I do at some point want to get you on with a, with an actual where we can sit down and, and have this discussion in its full, and that won't be today, but this will be a, a nice kind of. Impromptu start. Yeah. yeah. My first question to you is this. Is the source problem of abortion sexual sin? Before we get to killing the baby, long before that happens, is the root cause of the problem rooted in sexual sin? I think the root cause is self-government and selfishness and pleasure-seeking above all other things. Okay. So, yes, sexual sin would be like another way of saying it. But I don't think it's just about the sex. I think it's about the like the making the individual the primary thing. I have been right. saying for a couple of weeks, actually, I'm going to preach on it on Sunday, the idea of uh, not having authority over you. There's there's this passage in the book of Judges that says and, and Israel had no king uh-huh. and they did. Everybody did that, which was right in their own eyes. And so we determine what's right or wrong, even if we as women or men use the other person in a partnership right. for a moment of pleasure or for an ongoing lifestyle of pleasure that doesn't include responsibility for that. And then we result in a baby. The The root of that is a selfishness and a lack of thinking through the ramifications of the way I live my life. So kind of going on that, kind of dovetailing onto that, the Catholics would say condoms, birth control, all of these things are interfering with God's will. If God wants us to do something one way or has a plan and we choose to make a different choice, now we're taking that decision away from him. That There might be some legitimacy to that then, because if you think about it, why does somebody say, I, I want to use a condom or I want to use birth control? Because I want the sexual pleasure, but I don't want the consequences that come with that. Right. And and so I, I obviously am not Catholic. Me either. Uh, and I, I look at that and I say that for those that aren't Catholic, mm-hmm. right, do whatever is morally accurate mm-hmm. to prevent a pregnancy then. But I would go even back to the idea of marriage, right? Sexual intimacy, and as crazy as this is going to sound to some people, sexual intimacy, I think, has been designed from the very beginning to be between a husband and wife who have committed all of who they are forever to each other and that we live together and serve together and live your life for the sake of the other person for the rest of your life. And so when you have children, when you have pleasure, when you have all of that, it's designed in that context. And that's way less scary to have a baby there. Right. Right. Even though it is. Because there's a support. (laughs) There's a system that's designed. What is the purpose of sex? Why? Why did God give us sex? Okay, I don't think, like many of the Catholic, my Catholic brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. that sex is just for procreation. I agree. Right? I think sex is. Oh man, I, I don't know if my wife is listening right now, uh, but I think part of sex is this massive gift that God gives us for intense pleasure, and it's really fun. Okay. In the context of safety and marriage, and uh, so I, I'm in my sixties and. I think the intimacy moment has been enhanced in ways that are phenomenal to me, right? From when we first got married to, to now that there's a safety and a beauty and a 
I, I dare say, a, a sense of, oh, my goodness, God has given us this pleasure. He could have allowed us to plast our seed mm-hmm. through our fingertips. Yeah, I could have done like it, eggs or something like yeah. a chicken. And then yeah. we, we did. But he gives us this. And our whole body is designed like it's a whole body thing. Our whole body is designed to receive that pleasure. Right. But the context of that is meant to be in the safety of a relationship that is there forever so that someone's not using you or that the pleasure isn't the primary goal. So if pleasure isn't the primary goal, is it supposed to be something I take or that I give? Yes. So both. I well, I think it, it, when it's done in mutuality, you are serving each other and receiving from each other the service, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you – like in scripture, it speaks about a man and wife becoming one flesh. Yes. Right? And so it's it's this giving of yourself to the person who – you have given yourself to for the rest of your life and vice versa. And so it, I think it's a both end. It's a giving and a receiving. You don't have a Bible handy, do you? I will on my phone. First uh, Corinthians, I'm going to pull up first Corinthians seven, four. So first Corinthians seven, four says this, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields to her husband in the same way. The husband does not have authority over his own body yeah. and yet yields to his wife. So I would submit to you, the idea here of a proper sexual relationship is to give to the other person. So the, all and, you are and all that you have. Right. Yes. So where I where I come from with this idea of this problem really stems from sexual sin is the problem that we face in society, I think, starts really in like elementary school and middle school with things like porn and lust. And the problem is we downplay the the harm that those things cause because on because whether we like it or not if we have a proper biblical frame of reference then sex is about giving to our partner there's absolutely no way for me to give to a woman on a screen not, i can't give way, to that person not in a way that it's not talks in any about way in a, in a beautiful uh, no uh, no way marriage. she has yeah. no way of receiving from me period because she doesn't even know i exist okay yeah you know what i'm saying so it's not me giving anything of myself to her it's not her giving anything of herself to me. We're completely disconnected. And we've confused that with sex. We've confused lust yeah. and sexual passion with yeah. the actual gift that you were talking about, about sex. Once you take that, you take that a little bit further. And now it turns into, well, you know, I want to date some people. I got to got to try before you buy, Paul. Yeah. And yeah. OK, so now we've pulled a little bit further away. I used an example that got me a lot of hate on the air. But the uh, uh, example of scotch tape, if I. Put a piece of scotch tape on one person's arm, rip it off, go to another person's arm, step it, put it down. Eventually, the tape gets less and less sticky every time it sticks to another person. And it's a bit of a graphic analogy, but really what you're doing is you're ripping a small amount of flesh. Every time you pull that that tape up, that hurt when it comes to relationships is very real. So in the moment, right, in in like the the when you're in a lifestyle of giving yourself sexually frequently, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you may not realize the ramifications. Yes, you had, you had someone on the other day. Maybe it wasn't you. One of the one. Of, maybe it was yesterday afternoon. Someone talked about spreading glitter. Yes, right? for germs. Or Body a germ, yes. right? Yep. Okay. And uh, there are ramifications that you are not that are not visible. And I sit with people twenty years later after their college years, or thirty years later after their college years, and I. I don't think I ever meet someone that says, you know, my college years when I had the 16 women 
uh, through my freshman, sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. and seniors. That was great. It was that's the most great. meaningful yeah, thing I've ever done. that's great for my marriage, right? And so there's ramifications of today that, you know, I, one of the things I think we have to admit is that sin is really fun for well, a while. Sure, because, right? it's, because what we've done, Paul, in the same way that, that choosing the condom, it, it's the same ultimate internal desire, right? This is what God wants. I'm not focused on that. I'm just, for, just for a second, I want to focus on what I want. And then I'll go right. back. And it's a sliding scale. But as soon as we make that decision, don't we start to kind of shift our focus? Yeah, absolutely. And you focus your attention on yourself. You know, the whole so the topic is abortion, right? Yes. <laughs> so and I agree with you that the that all of we don't have an abortion problem if we don't have a sin problem. Right. Right. Yes. And so uh, but that's coming from a religious perspective. Right. And, mm-hmm. and a person who's a father of Jesus Christ who is the passion of my life. I, I want to just touch on, there, there was an article Please. in recent Christianity Today magazine, and uh, amongst nuns, peop, nuns, not N-U-N, but N-O-N-E-S, in 2022, 25, 21% of the people say they were they're not nuns, meaning they don't have a religious affiliation. Uh-huh. But 21% of those that were interviewed believe that abortion was morally wrong of people without a religious affiliation. Right. And one of the ladies interviewed in the article that I read, she said the science tells us that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. This isn't so now that we have all of this science and you can see a baby or yes. a fetus or an embryo, whatever you want to call it, when you can see it in the womb, yes. moving around, sucking its thumb, and it's just like a couple months old, uh-huh. right? The science tells us that's a life. And so we we can move the discussion partially. I don't think we should ever move anything out of the religious realm because mm-hmm. uh, my my understanding is is Jesus is the light of the world. He makes clear everything for us. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to just have a faith, right? So for those of you who are without faith, you know a lot of you in your gut. You you may not be a person who follows Jesus. You may not be a person who follows any God. But in your gut, many of you know that you've been taught from the very beginning when you see life that that was real life. No one ever grabs a baby right out of the womb and says, oh, my goodness, look at this fetus. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's, it's life. And a month before that or two months before that or three months before that, we are in a culture where we are okay destroying that. And mm-hmm. that as well has a ramification down the path, I think, for the whole world. Your calls, your thoughts are welcome. Your questions for Pastor Paul, 775-5559. We're talking about abortion. You're on KNOX with Pastor Paul Knight. Good morning. Hey, Good morning. Good morning. Um, so I had a question and it was off topic, but when you guys were talking about the man has authority over the woman in a marriage and vice versa, and like vice, that, that's only half the verse. Yeah. And a right, woman has authority. Go ahead. Things like that in the Bible that are antiquated or someone might not see that same way or might not be living in the year 2022. How does a Christian get over some of those things that are in the Bible that are like, oh, that's wrong? Oh, I think that's a great question. It is. Yeah, thank you. So I would say don't get over it. Try to understand it. Right? So, like, let me put it out of the sexual context for a second. Can I clarify this question? When you say that, do you you mean to say how do Christians better defend what's in the Bible? Or are you saying how do you move How does a Christian live with that or, like, understand that or— Strengthen their faith or worsen their faith. Got it. Yeah, that, that's that's a great question. So we we just talked about this in a, in a study I was in. Uh, the idea of, and I mentioned this earlier, when a husband and wife are united in marriage mm-hmm. before God, you become one flesh. 
that means I don't have authority over myself at all, right? I give myself fully to my wife. And so there's this mutuality. It's, and in the verse, it says a man has authority over his wife's body. The wife has authority over her own body. So l- let me put it in this context. I was visiting with a couple, uh, actually several couples in the last couple months where one of them has cancer. And I turned to the person who doesn't physically have the cancer. And I said, uh, how's it? How is it dealing with your cancer? Yeah. And in the first context that I'm thinking about, the, the gentleman looked at me and said, well, no, it's, I don't have cancer. My wife does. I said, but you do <laughs> because you are one flesh ah. and your body, you as a married couple, as one flesh has cancer and that's painful for you as well as her. Yeah. And pain. And one of the men that I prayed for yesterday has prostate cancer and he's going in for a pretty significant surgery and his wife in my context, in her context, has cancer. Yeah. And so we don't, our bodies aren't our own. And part of what happens is we live in a culture that has created independent freedom as the highest value. Right. And when you enter in marriage, you surrender that. Not not completely because your wife is taking care of you as well and you're right. taking care of your wife. You want both of you to flourish. And I'm still learning that. But the beauty is that my wife belongs to me as though she's mine, as though she's me. I take care of her and want to take care of her and vice versa. And we don't do this well completely, mm-hmm. but as though her very body is my body and vice versa in all aspects, emotionally, physically, spiritually, everything. I love that. 775-5559, you're on KNLX. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, Pastor, how do you explain, uh, particularly in the Old Testament, Genesis, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, instances and passages that actually seem that God can, can, uh, commands, like a Deuteronomy. It, 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 it almost like it commands uh, rapists to marry his virgin find. Yeah, yeah. How, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you settle these? Those, those are hard, how can to be they honest. Defend these? It's almost a commandment. And in Numbers... Yeah, it's not know, specifically God a command, but... Makes a, makes a, makes a yeah it's, it, yes it is it, it even says god commands this okay and in, in numbers it, it it talks about you know the test for the unfaithful wife and making an abortion potion and making her to miscarriage forcing the miscarriage how how can Do you have a reference for that i think that you simplify this you know and and it's more sophisticated the readings and tellings of the bibles because it's all in there yeah yeah so one of the things the way one of the ways i explain it and I don't try to explain it away and I wrestle with it, is that culture is different, massively different, right? And so in understanding the command, there's a principle behind that. And so in that culture, when a woman was raped because of the way the culture was, she was discarded, right? And so God says that that if you're, it's, it's almost like you take her in and take care of her, right? Because you've, mm-hmm. di- you've, you've taken advantage of her, you've, you've hurt her, you've harmed her. You are responsible to take care of her for the rest of your life. That's when, that's kind of the context of that. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that that fits in the culture. Other than if you rape someone, I think you should be responsible financially and morally and legally to take care of that person and the damage that's been done. And I think that would be the same context. Just, I, I just want to get your thoughts on this, and uh, and, then I, and then I do. I have to take a break. But um, Thank you, I, thanks for the break. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but I, I want to get your thought. What do you? What What is your initial thought when I read to you that a truck driver who's thirty one comes in and says? For years, I had access to abortion, and so there wasn't a problem. 
Now, all of a sudden, abortion went away. And within 20 minutes, I all of a sudden came across a huge problem because now I don't have any options in the event of an unplanned pregnancy. This is not somebody who's raping people, right. not somebody a subject of incest, just somebody who wants to have sex. And now he's lost an option. What, what do you make of that? What I would say to him is, uh, I think you're discovering the damage of a selfishness, right? And that this, this beautiful thing called responsibility is catching up with you. And so figure out what the main purpose of your life is. And uh, I, I think there's all kinds of people like that, right, that have been using abortion as birth control. And, yep. and uh, I think we've been destructive of life, not just the ones in the womb, but I think that destruction of allowing destruction of life creates destruction of life around us so that even an organization can use little kids as advertising porn and children to p- produce and sell a purse. It all fits together for me. This is Critical Thought. Hey, Doug, I've got a question for you. Do you have any additional information on the nurses' strike in in the way of what specifically they're asking the hospital to do? Well, they've come down on wages, so, you know, obviously money is always a big talking point. Sure. Uh, so they've gone from 30 down to about 20%. What they're really concerned about is uh, staffing levels. Okay. And they say it's uh, forcing a lot of nurses to, uh, you know, work double shifts just to try to cover um, the uh, the uh, the floors uh, of the different hospitals. So workforce shortages and uh, uh, dangers that are associated with not having enough uh, enough people uh, enough staff and they're quick to point out that you know they say that they can't come up with much pay for the nurses and yet the executives of many of these hospitals are earning uh, seven figures or better is the pay um i'm just think about how i can phrase this question properly it, it has is there indication as to what the primary driving factor keeping more staff from coming on board is like, is it a lack of nurses? Is it a lack of pay? Is it a combination of those things? I would say, yeah, I would think it would be a combination of both. Um, it just seems like there's a there's a, a, a real shortage um, in in that profession, and I think I think the you know the pandemic made it worse. A lot of people just got out of it altogether, whether it was a burnout factor or they just didn't want to be around. Um, so it's I, I think it's a little bit of all all of the above. But obviously, uh, like anything else, you, you can solve a lot of problems if you have more money. Right. <laughs> you, know, right. you pay I mean, somebody enough money, they're willing to come well, back. I mean, well. that, that's why, you, you know, yeah. you almost see a little bit of fight going on with, is within some of our uh, service industries here in, in Grand Forks. I mean, you sure. can't drive by and this, this burger joint's, you know, starting out here, this one's starting over here, the next one, you know, a month later, the other one's offering another buck an hour, you know, for, for all shifts. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, there's a little bit of a battleground out there and, and, um, Sometimes money does talk. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for the for the additional information. I you appreciate bet. it. We'll catch up with Doug Barrett, get the top, uh, news at the top and bottom of every hour out of the KNOX newsroom. Radio 1310 KNOX 107.9 103.3 FM. Good morning. It is 1040, 12 above. An update from staff meteorologist Mark Ewens. 
received a report of occasional reduced visibility to under 100 feet in rural Polk County, east of the Votech. The reporter was five miles east of East Grand Forks along the county road and runs north of Votech near the intersection of Polk County and 66. This was at around 10.05 a.m. I trust the individual because they're very weather savvy, says Mark Ewens. Again, you'll hear his forecast at the top and bottom of every hour. And when there's severe weather information, you'll hear it first. Right here on News Radio 1310 KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Coming up on 1041, we're talking about abortion. This specifically, a new effort from Planned Parenthood to roll out a mobile vasectomy clinic. And the idea here is this little black trailer, they pull into the parking lots of states that don't have uh, easy access to abortion, and they perform vasectomies. Now, from the article, it references a particular individual who traveled two and a half hours to come participate in this clinic. Dollins, who's 31, drives a truck for a living, long ago decided he didn't want any biological children. 20 minutes after the Dobbs ruling in June, Missouri banned all abortions except in cases of medical emergency. And that, Dollins said, made the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy much worse. So again, I I cannot get over that line. I cannot get over the meaning that is behind that line. It made the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy much worse. So what changed from before the Dobbs decision to after the Dobbs decision? And what are we saying is better and worse? What is the lesser consequence of an unplanned pregnancy? What is he referring to? Many women, especially in deep red states like Missouri, responded with immediate alarm to the Dobbs decision, imagining that they'd have to navigate, imagining how they would navigate an unplanned pregnancy. Well, why would you be imagining how you need to navigate an unplanned pregnancy? Why instead wouldn't you be navigating or imagining how you would avoid an unplanned pregnancy? Why were we not thinking about ways to avoid abortion before this decision came down? So when Dolan says it made the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy much worse, if this isn't clear to you yet, I strongly disagree. The consequences of an unplanned pregnancy is certain death to a particular individual. The new consequence is a two-hour road trip ahead of an unplanned pregnancy. Tell me again how the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy are worse now that abortion is turned over to the states because I don't get it. Dollins was among the many Americans who asked themselves what they could do to prevent pregnancies in the first place. Well, there's an idea. In the months after the Dobbs decision, they called a doctor's office to book an appointment for the vasectomy, a form of contraception that involves severing the deference so that the sperm cells cannot leave the testicles and thus cannot fertilize an egg. It's something that couples are turning to in the GOP-controlled legislature now that they fully abandoned abortion in 13 states. So here's really the under uh, the underlying message of this story. That whole line about rape and incest is a bunch of hogwash. It's a bunch of nonsense. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying there aren't serious consequences. I'm just saying that the idea that people sought abortions for no other reason other than incest or abortion is patently false. And in fact, the reality is many people sought abortion 
as a form of birth control. And in the wake of the Dobbs decision, that decision be, or that option being taken off the table has now forced people to make the decision they should have been making from the get-go, which is, how do I avoid getting pregnant in the first place so this doesn't come at the expense of having to kill somebody to get what I want, to not interrupt my life, to not take away from me, because me is who I am concerned about. 775-5559, you're on KNOX, good morning. No, anyone who has studied abortion statistics for years has known that the overwhelming percentage of abortions committed in the U.S. were committed by women over the age of 20, and it was strictly, very simply, put, post-sex birth control. Yeah, 90-plus-some percent. That's been common knowledge for years. Now, of course, the mainstream media doesn't report that, because they're, they're going to focus on the one-half of one percent uh, rape, incest, you, et cetera. You know what? Uh, so this, it, this article that I'm reading for is from Politico. I prep primarily from left-wing sources because— because it allows me to get into the headspace and make their own argument better than they can. This is a left-wing news source, and this is the best they have as an example of why this is so oppressive to women. Because this guy had to drive two and a half hours to get a vasectomy as opposed to killing their unborn child. Gosh, what an inconvenience. And what is even more interesting is, uh, I thought that once again they were all about the women. So what this guy is saying is, he truck drives across. Yes. He truck drives across the country. Yes. Uh, having sex with who knows how many women. Uh, no, what not? Wherever. Uh, he doesn't say. He seems and, like he's in a money game. And if they get pregnant, it's on them then to get an abortion. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is so. Uh, yeah, Pastor Paul, it, it, it's, you know, we've become a pagan society. Back back in, in, in the Old Testament times, the, 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 the uh, different, not the Jews, but other people, they would sacrifice their children to. Uh, you know, burn them up or whatever. <laughs> they would just, just leave them out on their doorstep. They would take their kids yeah, I, I, and they would throw them out on their doorstep or they'd go put them out into a field and they would they would just leave them there. And it was actually Christians that brought those babies back in and and kept them. And don't forget in Montana this year, a couple of weeks, the November election, the majority of people in Montana voted that if a, a aborted baby survives the abortion, it's okay to kill them after the after the field. They can the baby comes out alive. They kill them anyway. Yeah, post birth abortion. Yeah, yeah. So no, you, you you've nailed it. It's the truth. And, and I, I would just for all the libs who are listening, just call up and admit it. You're lazy. And by the way, I thought you people were all so smart and so elitist. You don't understand birth control. You don't understand what happens when a man and, and a woman get together. You haven't figured that out yet. You 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 might want to go back to biology class. I think you're they, the ones that went. You're the, you're the ones that went. Kindergartners taught sex education. It seems to me we got a whole bunch of liberals over the age of twenty who need to be taught sex education. I, I thank you for the call. They know darn well what the consequences are. They just don't care. They don't care. It's not a function of they don't know what's going to happen. It's they had an answer, and the answer was go on to Planned Parenthood. We just get this taken care of. We move on with our life, and that's fine if it didn't come at the cost of somebody else's life. And if we could make a decision where we all agreed on where life began and we could all get behind that, that would be one thing. But if we can't, I think it is our moral obligation to stand a draw a firm, deep, entrenched line in the sand and be willing to die on that hill. And the church has a long, long history of standing up to infanticide. 
You can ch- There's a book called uh, Church, Church History in Plain Language, 4th edition, by Bruce Shelley. It's published in 2013. It's an excellent read. And it dives into the extreme value that Christians placed on life when people, when everybody else didn't care, when culture didn't care. And so this idea that today in 2022 that we're so cultured and we're so educated and we're so woke and we understand and so that should change the definition of what life is. Sorry, ain't having it. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Thank you, Noah. You know what else is exceedingly rare? What's Anything late-term, any late-term abortion. That, yeah, sure. Is, uh, is yeah. exceedingly rare. Mm-hmm. We are at a point in society where these abortions are being done safely, effectively. Safe for the mother, not for the baby. Early and exceedingly early. Well, we differ on what, you know, uh, you know, on the value of what's inside a mother, particularly when that fetus, I call it, whatever you want to name it, mm-hmm. can't live outside that body. It's more complicated, more sophisticated than an individual life, particularly when that life can't live outside that womb. Okay, and first of all, and, and another point I want to make is you, you're in your voice and your guys against it are in the minority all across the country. You're in the minority that that this country as a whole has adopted, you know, safe, effective and early intervention abortion as part of 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 health care, particularly in women. Yeah, safe for the mother. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, I'm aware that I'm in the done, Dude, you're, it's not being done late term. You guys want to X out rape and all this and that and force a mother to, to carry the seed of a rapist. But, sir, and that's what not, but that's not that, what's, but, sir, that is not, that is not what's happening in this case. In this case, it's literally a person who admitted that prior to the Dobbs decision would have engaged in an abortion to terminate his unwanted pregnancy with his single other significant other. It's not multiple, multiple bars. One, one partner, one couple, and he himself says, hey, I had to go get this vasectomy because I didn't feel like I had another choice. Well, why wasn't that the case 10 years ago? Why did he wait until now to go get a vasectomy? Why did he wait until the Dobbs decision overturned? And if the case, and, if, and, and that being the case, then don't we have to ask, like, isn't that an innocent baby that would have been killed that didn't need to be because it wasn't rape or incest? Okay, fair enough argument. But what I will say is this. For as often and, and as hard-pressed as your side is to preach from the mountaintops about personal responsibility and accountable, mm-hmm. there's one un, one undeniable uh, uh, fact, okay. and that is human beings are not accountable and responsible, whether it's in this arena or whether it's in a number of different arenas across the, the, the globe. Okay. And the, and, the, and the part that I'm saying is, what is the solution? You know, instead of pointing out that it's wrong, guess what? These wrong things happen all through humanity. What would you suggest would be a solution? I like you vasectomies. Can't just preach on accountability and, and responsibility. I, I like vasectomies. I think that's a great idea. I think it prevents the sperm from fertilizing the egg. You've 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 stopped the problem before it begins. So you found a way. We found a scientific way to have sex without it without procreation occurring. I think that's a great idea. I think condoms are a great idea. I think, uh, and not that they're all, not that all of these things are effective because we know that they're not. Birth control is a great idea. I think anything that you where you can prevent pregnancy from happening in the first place is a great solution. I also would agree with people on the left that say we need better outreach once kids are born because that's great to say that you prevent them from being aborted and not killed. Fine. Now they're born. Now what? Because the answer cannot be well. Good luck. Uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Sorry, it sucks. That can't be the answer either. 
Well, that's what I, yeah, very, very, thank you. We agree on that because your, your morality is severely suffering if that's all you want is mm-hmm. pro-birth. Yes. Yeah, well, and uh, it's not know, pro-life. It, it is not being pro-life if you don't want to have anything to do with that child once it enters the world. That's right. Then, that's right. You're, you know, that's not pro-life. And, that's pro-birth. Absolutely. And not to mention the fact you bring the church into this. You know, the church has a long and jaded history, also picking and choosing what human lives they value, including burying Native Americans and committing genocide in the early 18th or 19th century in this country. So, uh, the, so, I, so I'm hard pressed to touch the Christian the Christian values that come out in this. I, I thank you for the call. I I agree. In fact, one of the things I wanted to talk to Paul about what I what I initially invited him on the air for, and it wasn't today. Again, we we're we're going to plan an actual segment to have him on. And what I want to talk to him about very specifically is what we do about the about Republican and conservative messaging. And it's, frankly, it's a comfort, conversation I'll make him uncomfortable because he doesn't like talking about politics. He wants to kind of stay out of it, I think, and, and focus just on the Bible. But the the problem that Christians are up against is, as you pointed out, sir, the vast, vast majority of the country is very pro-abortion, and we're only moving more towards that direction. So the question has to be asked, what are we going to do? How, where do you draw the line? between codifying sinful nature can you even draw that line and if so where are we going to do that that's a difficult question to answer but it's a question we have to answer if you want to use christianity as a basis or your for your worldview to enact legislation this is critical thought on knox On the way, ABC News, followed by local news headlines out of the KNOX newsroom. The caller mentions the church's checkered past. Fair point. But while the church has had its problems and its messaging has been less than consistent, what hasn't been inconsistent and what has always been rock solid is the unwavering and unchanging scriptural teaching. The Bible has never been wrong, no matter how wrong the church has been. Couldn't have said it better myself. God planned. He knew what men was gonna, what men were gonna do. He knew he wanted to let the grand experiment played out. He wanted to give people the opportunity to choose either him or themselves. That's the choice that we continue to face, and the results of those choices are ultimately, I think, what's leading to the rest of the discussion. This is critical thought. Mm-hmm.